Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. We are podcast 103, and I'm going to be taking five questions today. Before I do that, I want to announce my upcoming workshop. It's a one-hour workshop, September 12th, and it's going to be from 10 to 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And this is a class where I'm going to be teaching you how to improve your eyes and vision. We're going to be discussing ways to do this through light therapy, color therapy, sound, healing, movement, aromatherapy. If you're frustrated with your current eye doctor or you're frustrated that uh, things just keep getting worse year after year, or maybe... Maybe you just received a diagnosis uh, like cataracts or macular degeneration and you're concerned about it. Or if you do a lot of screen time and, uh, you know, your eyes seem to be going downhill. That's a lot of complaints that I get these days. Then this class is for you. So if you want to sign up, you can go to my website, drsamburn.com, and click on the online classes. And that'll take you to a registration page. Uh, You can also uh, go to Eventbrite and you can sign up there. The cost of the class is $33. And you will have access to the recording for 30 days. So uh, you can look at that 24-7. And uh, you also will receive a discount when you register on all my web store products. So, I hope that uh, I get to see you. All right, so we've got some great questions today, and so I thought, well, let's just jump right in. So, the first question is regarding macular degeneration and something called HDL. Now, HDL is, you know, that measurement we get when we're um, uh, getting our our cholesterol, the the term is called high lipoprotein levels, HDL, and these are actually the good cholesterol readings. But the question is regarding HDL levels, the good cholesterol, is there a correlation between higher levels of HDL and macular degeneration? I've only read about the risk of non-HDL levels. What's your opinion? Well, there was a study that was published in the Review of Optometry in November of 2018. And in this study, researchers asked the question, uh, is this high level, uh, high HDL and low triglyceride uh, triglyceride level measurements, how do they relate to uh, age-related macular degeneration? And in the study, they took a look at almost 31,000 participants from Western Europe, and the researchers showed that high circulating HDL uh, are significantly associated with AMD. And this relationship is the the strongest um, around the production of something called drusen, which are the fatty deposits that can start to accumulate in the retina, and if they start impinging on the macula, this can actually lead to macular degeneration. So if you feel like, okay, I've 
have got high levels of HDL, the good cholesterol, and uh, I am concerned about macular degeneration, here are some things that you can do. Well, well, first of all, I think it might be a good idea to take a look at some genetic testing uh, as it relates to macular degeneration and see what your risk factors are. I would say number two, um, if you've got a higher risk of cardiovascular disease, uh, I would certainly address that uh, as a way to perhaps um, negate or neutralize um, the possibility of, um, you know, drusen forming and or macular degeneration forming. Some other things that you can do in terms of this HDL uh, conversation is to increase your aerobic exercise. Uh, and you want to increase it to about 75% to your maximum uh, heart rate level based on your age. Avoid smoking. Uh, reduce your weight. So if you're obese, um, this is another risk factor. And then in terms of your diet, I think it's very important that you eliminate uh, trans fats and, and instead you eat uh, fats that contain things like olive oil, avocados, walnuts, pecans, hazelnuts. Make sure you increase uh, your omega-3 fatty acids, especially the DHA. CoQ10 is another helpful support system. Increase your soluble, soluble fire, fiber like beans and peas, lentils, and last but not least, you want to avoid those foods that contain trans fatty acids. So the, the deal with macular degeneration is obviously there are multiple factors on why a person may have a higher risk. Exposure to blue light, exposure to high levels of UV, um, eating a diet that has more uh, inflammation in it, not getting enough of your carotenoids, lutein, zeaxanthin, and astaxanthin. Uh, those are great protectors. Um, making sure you're getting a lot of your important eye nutrients like quercetin and um, vitamin A, bilberry, your trace minerals, boost your glutathione, eliminate sugar, um, have a healthy lifestyle, and do my eye exercises. So I think if you do all of those things, even if your HDL level might be on the high side, um, I think that again, you're neutralizing so many other factors that you're reducing your risk of getting macular degeneration. So it's a great question, uh, and um, thank you so much for um, your participation. All right, let's go on to question two. Uh, Dr. Byrne, what do you think about syntonic phototherapy? Is it helpful? If yes, can it be done at home? I came across a great practitioner in this organization, but he wants to charge me 15000 to undergo the vision therapy and syntonics. In addition, what colors would you uh, recommend for improvement? Well, I'm going to answer that question by rewinding and go back to my time when I was in optometry school. And in optometry school, we had to study things like geometric optics, physiological optics. 
I was also learning about the movement of energy in our eyes. Uh, and it occurred to me that the flow of energy out of the eyes needs to be as important as the flow of energy coming in our eyes. And it's almost as though our eyes have an inhalation as we take in light and an exhalation as we project light out. And the ability of having that balance, I feel, is very important in, overall, in our overall vision health and even our well, overall wellness. Now, let, you bring up an interesting point about the College of Syntonic Optometry. I was actually, I joined that organization in 1986. There's some, um, you know, there's some good folks in there. I'm not in that organization anymore. I left it about 10 years ago because I felt that it was basically a cookbook approach and um, there, there weren't a lot of out-of-the-box ideas. And for me, um, you know, if I'm going to be in an institution or an organization, I need to have some input in innovation and creativity, and I didn't feel that that was there. Um, but the college has been around a long time. It's, it was around since 1934, and it was actually invented by a guy named Harry Riley Spittler, who was an eye doctor, optometrist, and he was also a physician. And Dr. Spittler applied these different color frequencies to the eyes of his mental patients. And he had very resounding success. He developed an entire protocol for treating emotional problems this way. When I began using Spittler's light therapy uh, process in 1986, <clears throat> I did notice that people's peripheral vision improved, uh, their eyesight got better, their um, uh, balance improved. And when I... Um, when I started to go more deeply into analyzing a patient's uh, vision problems, I found that uh, stress trauma toxicity actually can cause the retina to become, become desensitized to light and create a suppression or a blind spot in the visual field. And this visual suppression is a, is a functional shutdown due to stress, as though the person is saying to themselves, hey, I'm really overwhelmed, and I don't want to see what is right in front of me. Unfortunately, most eye doctors give relatively limited examinations, and except, except in the cases of like glaucoma or stroke incidences or macular degeneration, they usually miss this suppression assessment. And since they only recognize suppression in patients who have those particular conditions, they may diagnose, uh, they may diagnose conditions, um, but they're not taking into account the fact that suppression is one of the, one of the main reasons why uh, our eyes are letting us down. And so they're using medications and surgical procedures. So when I discovered light therapy, to me, light is a food. It helps balance the endocrine system. You know, 25% of the, the non-visual pathways <clears throat> go to things like the hypothalamus, the pituitary, the pineal. And so in the College of Syntonic Optometry, we learned different uh, protocols. However, what I found was that I would move out of those different protocols and I would actually get faster results, 
uh, more effective results, more long-lasting results. And so um, at this stage, what I would say is that um, you can get yourself a packet of colored gels that you could get from a theatrical supply store that have all the main colors in them, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, <coughs> indigo, violet. If you want to spend a little more money, you could go online and you could get classes that would do that. Now, the rainbow method is where you spend 30 seconds to two minutes with the color over your eyes and you're receiving the color. So you have to internalize the color inside of yourself. And the way you do that is you ask yourself, what do I see? What do I feel? And there's a certain sensation, emotion, um, you know, experience that you're going to get from the color. This kind of accesses the emotional part and the energetic part. So as you do this rainbow method, uh, what you find is, is that um, there's some colors you don't like, there's some colors you do like, you go through the whole spectrum. <clears throat> if you do this day after day, 30 seconds to two minutes uh, with each color, and what I like to do is day one, I like to cover the left eye and just work with the right eye. Day two, I like to cover the right eye and just work with the left eye. And day three, I'll do both eyes. <clears throat> I find that when I repeat this for a 30-day cycle, uh, the peripheral vision open, opens up, the visual suppression goes away, um, and there's more calm, there's more peace, um, the person has more energetic vitality. Um, and it's that simple, just doing the rainbow method. Now, there's other simple techniques that you could do with these colored gels, which would be green is the center of the spectrum, red is stimulating, purple in violet purple is relaxing. <clears throat> so if you're dealing with conditions like trauma, stress, edema, um, inflammation, you would want to use the blue end of the spectrum and a good starting point would be, say, doing five minutes of blue-green followed by five minutes of blue-purple. And you could do that as a way to calm the system down, kind of more in an acute situation. And then once the system, your visual system, is calmed down, then you could start adding a combination of like yellow-green, red-orange. And again, you can combine the colors and understanding that the red end of the spectrum to green is more stimulating and green to violet is more relaxing. So based on where, you at, where you're at, this is then the color, um, you know, the color therapy you could do. So all of this is free. All of this is available to you. I don't think you need to spend $15,000 on something like that. And then you can go to my eye clarity, eye exercise program, and uh, you can add the eye exercises. That's also free. So um, that's a, a great question. I want to thank you for your, for your interest and um, take good care. All right, let's go to question three. Dr. Byrne, there is much talk about how nitric oxide helps so much in circulation, not only in the body, but in our eyes. Is there any way to have this naturally through certain food, fruits and vegetables? So let's talk a little bit about nitric oxide. It is produced by nearly every cell in the body. And uh, it's one of the most important molecules in terms of our blood vessel health. It's a, it's a vasodilator, so it's dilating the, the vessels, meaning it relaxes the inner muscles of your blood vessels, causing the vessels to widen. And in this way, nitric oxide 
increases the blood flow, lowers the eye pressure. It actually can improve your retinal health as well. So what are the foods? Let me run down the list that are nitric oxide rich. Beets, beets, beets. That's number one. Dietary nitrates, which your body then can convert to nitric oxide. Number two is garlic. Number three is cacao chocolate. Number four are leafy green vegetables. Number five, citrus fruits. Number six, pomegranate. Number seven, nuts and seeds. And I'm going to spotlight nuts and seeds because they are high in arginine, which is a type of amino acid that is involved in the production of nitric oxide. Some research out there suggests that including arginine foods like nuts and seeds in your diet can actually increase nitric oxide levels in your body. And there's no question that if you can improve the vasodilation of the microcapillaries in the retina, you can improve your retinal health. All right, that was great. Let's go on to question four. <clears throat> Any adverse reactions to wearing implanted contact lenses. I have had implanted contact lenses since 2010. Now, now I'm getting cataracts and my eye pressure runs high. What do you think about them? <clears throat> well, the risk level of, of implantable contact lenses is low and the research shows that it can actually be helpful for extreme myopia, it's actually safer to do than doing LASIK surgery. Now, some people do develop symptoms like glare, halos, double vision, um, and sometimes you have to do additional eye surgery to reposition, rep replace, or remove the lens. And, uh, you know, generally speaking, um, if you're going to get the uh, ICL, you can get situations where this can develop into uh, cataracts, um, increase your intraocular pressure, um, and it can also cause a cloudiness in your cornea. Now, one of the things that I feel is, is that improving your eyes and vision is an inside job, meaning that you change your prescription in your eyes by healing, becoming aware, changing the programming that caused the eyes to change from the beginning. And even if you have a high amount of nearsightedness, if you do some type of self-reflective physical eye therapy, I think that you can reduce your myopia, reduce your visual, visual stress, develop more self-regulation through the mind-body, that you can regulate the myopia, and this is better than you know, using uh, an implanted contact lens. Um, and again, it, it's like the quick fix versus the, okay, I'm willing to do the process to understand the imprints that have caused my refractive error to begin with. And you can still wear, you know, a, a daily contact lens and or glasses. But if you learn to self-regulate with your eyes, then the less procedures 
you do to the eyes, the less chance you have of developing these side effects um, that you're, you know, that you're now going through. All right, let's go to question five. This is the last question today. This is a question about superior oblique myokymia. Okay, so this is about the eye muscles. So the superior oblique is the eye muscle, one of the muscles that attaches to the outside part of the eyeball that involves the torquing or twisting of the eye. And truth of the matter, uh, doctors really don't know exactly what causes this condition. It's kind of an unusual eye movement disorder. It can lead to eye twitching. Um, it can lead to blurred vision, double vision. And sometimes there's a compression of the cranial nerve number four. We call that the trochlear nerve. And this is where I bring in things like, are you getting enough magnesium in your diet? Have you suffered any head trauma where craniosacral therapy would help you? Um, are you eating a diet that's anti-inflammatory? Uh, perhaps getting some acupuncture to kind of balance out the energy in the eye. These, were all, these are all things that I have done in this particular condition. Um, I don't recommend surgery, even though the eye muscle surgery is kind of what the, what the doctor recommends. Uh, so generally speaking, I think um, doing all of those things and the eye exercises is kind of a more natural, holistic way to go, and that's what I would suggest or recommend. Uh, but it is a disturbing condition. Uh, it's, again, one, the, the regular doctors, regular eye management doesn't have a whole lot for uh, except invasive things. But I think if you follow these protocols that I've laid out, I think you have a good chance of, uh, at the very least, neutralizing uh, these conditions. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, my class, September 12th. 10 to 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Holistic Eye Care. I hope to see you there. And uh, until next time, everybody, be well and take care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.